Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, I want to talk today on what I've called answered prayer. Psalm 40, verse 1. I'm going to start in this. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. We are a week into a week of prayer as a house. I don't think we've ever really done anything like that. I know you're thinking, are we going for six weeks or something? I I just heard some of you. But um, it's been incredible doing this. Uh, many of you have prayed through this building in many different ways and times. And, uh, but to do a solid week like that, it's, um, it, it digs something into a place. And so I want you to know you are in a place that is well watered in prayer and worship this week. Uh, and so is that okay? I need a little feedback this morning. I hope I haven't squashed you. Thank you. There's a preacher. He knows what it's like. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. God has heard every cry, every prayer, every cry, every word, even when you can't utter any words, every groan, every sob, every tear. He has heard everything. Everything. And when we do that and when we wait patiently for him, he hears it. He hears it. It's a promise from the Lord. And ultimately, no matter what is going on or whatever is going to happen in the world, the ultimate thing that we're really asking the Lord for is come and visit planet Earth. Come and visit planet Earth in a way you have never done before. Because we can do everything and we need to be active in various arenas of life, in all of the different practical ways. But ultimately, we need Jesus himself to send the power of the Holy Spirit to bring an awakening on mankind. Because unless we have that, we are heading for further and further darkness. And so I want to just pick up a little bit from where I left off last week. I started in... In the book of Daniel chapter 9, I'm going to read a little bit that I finished off with last week. And then I'm going to read the answer to his prayer. Because he was crying out to the Lord. He said uh, in verse 19, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. Aren't you in that posture sometimes where you're just saying, I've had enough. I've had enough. Just quit me waiting. This is too much, too long, too much. Any of you ever felt that? Just give me a wave if you've just been stretched beyond your measure. You are in good company this morning. The prophet Daniel was in your exact position. And he was saying, God, you're going to have to act. You're going to have to do something. I've waited long enough. For your own sake, do not delay. Oh, my God, for your people and your city, bear your name. It's interesting. Even Daniel reminds God of who he is. And sometimes we need to do that. Remind God, you are a good, loving, heavenly father. You love me. You said you would do this. Hold him to that stuff. He doesn't mind. It's not bribery. It's, it's what our kids do to us, isn't it? You said this. 
And that's what we can say to him. You, but your word says this. Your word says you are faithful. Your word says your promises are yes and amen. And sometimes we need to activate this stuff, don't we? That's what we've been doing all week. I mean, I've just been so blessed and encouraged by all of you who have come along. And I know many couldn't for other reasons who have just been with us in spirit. But so many filling this place with worship and prayer. And I did more steps this week than, than in. I had some other people come up to me with their watch saying, wow, I did 5,000 steps tonight. It's, it's good exercise. Roaming, but let me tell you, every inch of this building has been saturated for you. And we've been saying, like Daniel, Lord, hear and act. Hear and act. We need a move of God in this city that will override politics, that will override universities and business and arenas of life. Because this is what happens when awakenings come, it overrides every sphere of life. Every sphere of life. So, Daniel then goes on. He says, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people. Interestingly, he's in a position of humility, isn't he? He's recognizing his sin and he's confessing his sin and the sins of his people. He's bringing an offering to the Lord saying, remove any obstacles, remove any obstacles. And as I've been reading this in the last few weeks, that's what I've been trying to do. Remove those obstacles, mindsets, judgments, limitations, sin, whatever it might be. Get them out the way because I don't need them anymore. Pleading with the Lord, my God, for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. And then this is the bit that I love. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, this is the angel Gabriel, came swiftly to me at the time of evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I've come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. Isn't that incredible? The moment you began praying, a command from the commander was given. I wonder how many times the Lord has given a command for an angel to answer your prayer. You might not have seen it yet, but I want to guarantee you, the Lord hears your prayer. He hears your cry and my cry. He hears everything. And sometimes, like in certain cases, it might take 21 days. It might take 21 months. It might take 21 years. But who knows how many angels have been dispatched to answer your prayers. We've got to have faith in Him sometimes beyond everything we see. Everything we see, every, the tide may be going against us, but who knows who when that angel is going to be finally released to dispatch the answers. And that's what happened in this situation. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. And the angel goes on revealing the vision, revealing the dream and re revealing what is about to take place. And I want to encourage you, whatever situation you're in, if you've given up praying or given up believing, I want to encourage you this morning. It may be the only thing you've come to hear. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because you may be moments away from the prayer, the answer to your prayer being dispatched. Don't you love that word? Dispatched. 
It's a word I know very, very well because we had a whole department in our company called the dispatch department. Everyone wanted to work in the dispatch department. I think that's because in between trucks coming in and picking up pipe, we'd have 20 or 30 trucks a day coming in, picking up pipe. There's not a whole lot to do. I'm sorry if you worked in my dispatch department because I've probably got a few still left. But uh, anyway, you know, it's a good job. It's pretty cushy. You get a good outfit and, you know, the trucks come. It's all nice and you have coffee with the truck driver and then he, he heads off and it's like, well, it's an hour till the next truck. So it's a, it's a good job. If you want a good job, get a job in the dispatch department of a company. So it's a word I know well. But I'm telling you, when you, you sign off on that form and that truck leaves, it's gone. And it's heading somewhere. And this is exact. And, and believe me, nowadays, I mean, you can track these things to the minute, can't you? I ordered pizza at Domino's the other night, and I could see that little dude, Pedro, whatever his name is, on his scooter all the way to our house. He's on his way. He, here he is, and you, you're actually just watching him go, come on, a little faster around the left. Now turn right. He takes a wrong turn. Let me tell you, Pedro is on his way. <laughs> Maybe the angel is named Pedro for some of us. There's a few things that I think are really paramount about answered prayer that we can learn from Daniel that I've been practicing this week just as we've been, it's been a good week of practicing prayer, hasn't it? I don't know about you, but you know, we were here every night and I must admit by week, by night number six, I'm like, okay, we, we probably do need a break, I think. <laughs> it's, it's good. But let me tell you, it's priceless. It's priceless of the deepening spiritual maturity of a community. That, that's what was happening this week. And we all benefit from that. Because when one gets an upgrade, everyone gets an upgrade. Because that's what happens in family. Inheritance happens to everyone. Everyone inherits. And so when we look at Daniel here, he begins in coming before the Lord, reminding him, but then confessing. Humility, humility, humility. And then the angel is released and then the prayer is answered. I want to encourage you again. You might be feeling like things are running against the tide for you. Things are going in the opposite direction. Stand like Daniel did and say, Lord, hear and act for my house that bears your name, for my life that bears your name, for our region that bears your name. And remind him of his goodness. And then in 2 Chronicles 7.14, I want to just break this apart. You'll know this passage back to front. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If, if, isn't that an interesting word? It's conditional. It's conditional. If my people, who is my people? Us. It's conditional on us. Which are called by my name. You have been called by his name if you're here this morning. Humble themselves. This is what Daniel did. He humbled himself and then he prayed. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And what is turning from our wicked ways? Repentance. Repentance. Turning away from sin. That's what the word repentance means. Turning around from sin. Then, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin 
and heal their land. This is the passage of awakening. This is the passage of awakening. And if you look at history of awakening, this is the template. People of God humbling themselves before the Lord, confessing the sin of their town folk, even though this particular person, the leaders, may not have actually uh, conducted in that sin. They confess the sin of their people, sin of the land, and they repent. And then they turn from their wicked ways. And then God says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive your sin and I'll heal your land. That's what we've been doing this week. I want to encourage you, go on doing that. Go on doing that. We're going to explore ways to do that in an ongoing way as a community. And uh, I know some of you are keyed up, revved up and ready to roll. But, uh, and that's amazing. That's amazing because in the coming days, we're going to need that more and more. As the water level rises, we need prayer, intercession, seeking of the Lord, humbling ourselves, repenting of sin, and then the Lord will hear from heaven and he'll forgive our sin, the sin of this land and our sins, and he'll heal the land. What does it look like when God heals the land? I believe it looks very much like flourishing land, flourishing land where where desolation is gone, where pestilence is gone and bugs. And I mean, most of you know, I'm a gardener. I went out there this morning and some bugs had got to my nice, juicy, beefy tomatoes. It's annoying. I know you can feel sorry for me, but you know, they look great on top, but you turn them over. Oh my goodness. I need some, I need some encouragement from Bob George, the, t- the king of tomato growing. Pestilence. I wonder how much of your fruit has been stolen by pests, pests of the enemy. When I was worshipping, I felt that there are some people here this morning who are crippled by intimidation. I want to tell you, you don't need to be. You do not need to be. One thing about intimidation, just remember the bully. The bully is normally the weakest person in the class because he or she is just doing out of insecurity. They're doing it because maybe home life isn't good or things aren't good in their own life. So they act out as a bully. Intimidation. This is what the devil does to you and to me. Intimidation brings fear. Some of you who have been crippled by fear, I want to encourage you this morning. You need not be crippled by fear. Because you have a heavenly father who can command angels over your life. Do not fear those ghosts of the enemy that cannot touch you. They try. They try. They throw things and they come at you with fiery darts. But if you stand true in his word and true in his authority, intimidation cannot do anything. Some of the loudest voices, like in the media right now, intimidation, fear, scaremongering. It's a whole lot of hogwash. It's just a whole lot of hogwash. Intimidation, intimidation. And it's going to grow. It's not going to shrink. You know, there'll be another thing and another thing and another thing. Intimidation to crush the, the faith of God's people. Like I said last week, the only people group that you can now mock openly without being called, you know, a bigot or discriminatory is Christians. Wake up and look at this. And see what's going on in the world. Christians can be maligned. 
but no one else can. And so we need to recognize that we need to have a voice. Our prayer lives are bigger. I want to guarantee you that. But do not be intimidated by what you think is unbeatable. Do not be intimidated by what you think has all the power to, to dictate everything because that is not the case. Corrie ten Boom said this. We, <laughs> who, mind you, Corrie ten Boom was probably one of the biggest lawbreakers of the land I just put out there. We never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. Interesting, isn't it? She knew that she had to do something. I'm not saying you have to be a rebel and and stupid and just defiant for the sake of it, but I wonder how far away a day is where we might stand with Corrie ten Boom and say, wow, I'm part of the solution to bring freedom to the captives. I'm part of the solution. That's what she's saying here. God, bring awakening, bring revival. Yes, do it through me, Lord. What if he chooses to? What if he actually chooses to? I had this little feeling during the week as we were praying. We're praying for revival, praying for God, and I'm praying for souls. And I'm just going through all the the business connections and people that I know in our community who don't know him. But they're amazing people, phenomenal people. They're the type of people that you just say, wouldn't they make a great Christian? (laughs) Don't you hate that saying? But they're just good people. And so I was praying through my list in my head. And then I I I was actually just had that little thought for a minute where revival is not always pleasant. In fact, read history, it's regularly not pleasant because not everyone understands. Not everyone goes with it. Opposition comes from within believers, loud believers, big believers, knowledgeable believers. Ask Martin Luther. Ask Jonathan Edwards. Ask Mariah Woodworth Edda. I mean, the list goes on and on and on about great men and women who God has used to transform the human race. And yet the opposition comes. And just like Corrie ten Boom says, I want to remind you here that God may just answer your prayers by using you. To pray and intercede for those lost ones. To witness to those lost ones. To lay hands on the sick. To offer a gift to give a financial gift to someone in need, to get around someone who might need encouragement, might need a a word of encouragement, and and not even just a hyper-spiritual thing that's not actually going to help them, but actually something that will help them, something that will physically help them. That's why the Bible says it's um, the Martin Manuel paraphrase version here. You know, give them a cup of water. Give them something that's actually going to benefit them. We want to prophesy, we want to give people good words, and we want to do things but, uh, in that way, but actually sometimes we've got to physically get in the trench and help people out. And that's what Corrie Tem Boom did. But we need so much wisdom, so much wisdom. And that's, I pray for it every single day. Pray for it every single day. So, Lord, you shut the mouths of the lions, then you can shut my mouth when I don't need to say things as well. I want you to stand this morning. I want the worship team to come up. And one thing that I know that we need going forward into 
what we're seeking the Lord for is his presence. We can't really do much without his presence. So I just love it if you lift your hands. You don't have to wait for a song or anything. He's here. He's with you right now. He's at the ready, maybe, to dispatch an answer to prayer. Who knows? But one thing we do know is his presence is all around us. And his name is Holy Spirit. He's all around you right now. He's all around you right now. And I believe he wants to come and touch some of you with his fire this morning. So if you want that, lift both hands to heaven this morning. And we're going to ask him to release fire on us. Holy Spirit, right now. We pray you would hear and act. Look upon your desolate city. Look upon your desolate sanctuaries. Look upon your desolate regions. Look upon your desolate universities. Look upon your desolate halls of various institutions around this nation and city. Come here and act, Holy Spirit. I pray that every person who has a hungry heart for the fire of God this morning, Lord, you will begin to release your fire. You'll begin to release tangible fire from your presence. And that you would come, and that you would come as only you can do. Holy Spirit. Yeah, we're just going to sing this morning. Just keep hungering and thirsting, and we just want a couple of minutes in His presence to finish off this morning.